0: Elko, my name is Tom Baker. I'm pastor of Elko Baptist Church, and we welcome you to our midweek Bible study for this evening. Uh, um, It's good to have all of you with us. It's February the 3rd, 2021. We're in the second month of the year already. We're glad that you are with us. Uh, In just a minute, we're going to be looking at the 12 leadership lessons that we can learn from Nehemiah, Right now let's begin by praying together. Will you join me? Father thank you for this evening. I thank you um, for your word. I thank you for uh, the possibility of this technology that allows us to share your word with others in this way. I pray for those on the other side of the screen who are listening and watching this evening. I pray that you would Uh, Help them to open your word and to learn these lessons of leadership. Uh, I pray that you would help us to all understand at some time or another, we are leaders. And so help us to learn these lessons this evening and be able to apply them in those situations where we lead either ourselves or a small group of people or even a larger group or organization. Uh, Pray now in your name in jesus name amen again we uh we thank you for being with us if you have a copy of god's word nearby i would ask you to go grab it we're going to read nehemiah chapter one together Uh, this is a little bit different Uh, we're we're going to make a little bit of a transition this evening we've been looking at um, esther up to this point of the last uh, two or three studies and so now we're going to transition Over to um, Nehemiah and we'll throw some Ezra in there as well Um, and we're gonna um, see in our looking at Nehemiah just how brave courageous um, humble a man he was but we also want to see the leadership that he exerted um, as he led in the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. Let let me read Nehemiah chapter 1 to get us started this evening. Um, Nehemiah chapter 1, um, we'll begin in verse 1. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. During the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, when I was in the fortress of uh, fortress city of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, arrived with the men from Judah, and I questioned them about Jerusalem and the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile. They said to me, the remnant in the province who survived the exile are in great trouble and disgrace. Jerusalem's walls have been broken down, and its gates have been burned. When I heard these words, I sat down and wept. I mourned for a number of days, fasting and praying before the God of the heavens. I said, Lord, the God of the heavens, the great and also awe-inspiring God who keeps His gracious covenant with those who love Him and keep His commands, let your eyes be open and your ears be attentive to hear your servant's prayer, Then I now pray to you day and night for your servants, the Israelites. I confess the sins we have committed against you. Both I and my father's family have sinned. We have acted corruptly toward you and have not kept the commands, statutes, and ordinances you gave your servant Moses. Please remember what you commanded your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and carefully observe my commands, Even though your exiles were banished to the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place where I chose to have my name dwell. They are your servants and your people. You redeemed them by your great power and strong hand. Please, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to that of your servants who delight to revere your name. Give your servant success today and grant him compassion in the presence of this man. At the time, I was the king's cupbearer. So the 12 leadership lessons from Nehemiah. You know, true leadership is servant leadership. Maybe you have had the experience of noticing a boss or a supervisor who would go about fulfilling a small task when no one else was around to see it. You know, it may be filling up a certain thing that needs to be filled up. It may be washing something that needs to be washed. It may may be mopping a floor or taking care of something that somebody left undone. That's servant leadership. But maybe you've also noticed that there are bosses that uh, if there's something unfulfilled That somebody underneath them didn't do they would see that's being beneath them and they would leave it undone the second example is just basic human nature it's not my job somebody else needed to do that you know we like to take the easiest road possible while delegating is absolutely necessary for any leader There comes a time when every leader needs to perform tasks that are on the bottom of everyone's list. It just needs to be. Christ gave us a very pointed example when explaining leadership to his disciples. He said that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He told them not to be like the Romans that they had observed as they traveled to and fro throughout so many different places in the Holy Land, who would make people carry their their luggage for a mile, maybe even uh, more than that, uh, who just lorded it over the people. He said, no, you, if you're going to be great, need to be the servant of all. That is what servant leadership really is all about. And probably the the greatest example of servant leadership that Jesus ever displayed for anyone to see is when he washed his disciples' feet. The one who should have been at the head of the table and should have expected his disciples to do that for him, girded a, a towel around his waist, got a basin, and washed his disciples' feet even the one who would betray him. And so in in that humbling lesson, Jesus demonstrates um, true humility and at the same time true leadership. And so we want to see these 12 lessons on servant leadership in the life of one follower of the Lord named Nehemiah. That we've just read the first chapter out of his story. First, he knew he was called by God. He knew he was called by God. Now, the book of Nehemiah starts out with Nehemiah being burdened by the the city of Jerusalem. And that burden only intensified when his brother comes back from Jerusalem and says, hey, the walls are torn down and the gates have been burned. And it was truly a, a sad condition. And it was so sad that Nehemiah wept. But neither in, in him hearing about Jerusalem or in, in him weeping over Jerusalem, neither of those was his call. And he prayed. He prayed for God to lead him to know what to do uh, on, on what he should do. And it was in that prayer that Nehemiah understood and accepted the call and the challenge to return to Jerusalem and to rebuild the walls. And not only to do it himself, but to bring people along with him to make that happen. You know, we can be in a hurry. Once we accept a ministry position, we can be in a hurry to jump in and make something happen. But before we do, We need to be sure that God has called us and equipped us for that job. Uh, you, You may not think you can do it. And others may have their doubts as to whether you can do it or not. But if God calls you, have no fear. He will see it through in you. Secondly, notice that Nehemiah depended on prayer. The book of Nehemiah starts and ends with prayer. And all throughout the book, we see times of regular prayer and those uh, momentary, immediate prayers that Nehemiah prayed uh, about what to say, about what to do, about how to hold things together, about how to handle different uh, situations. Nehemiah was a man of prayer. And even though Nehemiah was a royal governor of the province, even though he had the full backing of the power of the Persian um, Empire behind him, and he had the wealth of the king behind him, he was solely dependent on God to help him finish the task. Now, you know, the Christian worker who can get along comfortably without prayer isn't getting much done for the Lord and certainly isn't a threat to Satan at all. One mark of true spiritual leaders is their honest honest acknowledgement of their own inadequacy and their humble trust in the power of God. As R.A. Torrey, an evangelist of another age, said, Pray for great things, expect great things, work for great things, but above all else, pray. Nehemiah certainly followed that advice. Thirdly note, He had vision and saw greatness the greatness of the work you know leadership involves vision revision and supervision but the greatest of these is vision leaders have to be able to see what others can't see and then challenge others to follow them so that they can see it At one time, Nehemiah was right in the middle of the rebuilding of the wall. He was called away by some of those who opposed him uh, to have a conference with them, basically to to confront him and keep him from working. And his response was, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Nehemiah had the vision, and he never lost that vision. No matter what God has called you to do, it is a great work because it's part of building his church. And that's the greatest work that anyone in the world can do. You know, I've often told people there are no small churches and there are no big preachers. In God's kingdom, every job is a big job and every servant is nothing apart from faith in the Lord. Fourthly, notice he submitted to authority. Now, the the call of God is not an invitation to become an independent ruler of a particular little fiefdom in God's kingdom and to ignore all kinds of authority. Nehemiah respected the king and submitted his plans to the king for the king's approval before he ever went to Jerusalem. He had God's approval, but he also had the king's approval. He acknowledged what the Apostle Paul would later write in Romans chapter 13, that the earthly governmental powers are ordained of God for our good, and we should submit to them. Even more, Nehemiah submitted to the authority of God's word. He invited Ezra to come and teach the law to the people so they would be able to obey the will of God. You know, it's a basic rule of life that those who exercise authority must themselves be under authority. Nehemiah was a man who was dependable because he was accountable. Fifthly, notice that Nehemiah was organized in his work. You know instead of rushing headlong into the task once he got to Jerusalem, Nehemiah secretly surveyed the situation and became acquainted with the facts. so he knew what he was talking about before he ever said anything about it. He talked with the Jewish leaders privately and told them his plan there were There were no press conferences, there were no pep rallies, no big hoopla made over it. He simply saw what needed to be done and he went to work and let others to come alongside him in the work to get the job done. And after he made his plan, he enlisted his workers and sought to give them the same vision for the task that God had given him. And he had a job for everyone and a place for everyone to work. He gave recognition to his workers and he encouraged them when the t- going got tough. He gave them a feeling that they were secure even when the situation was the most dangerous. Sixthly, notice he was able to discern the tactics of the enemy. You know, every Christian ministry needs an intelligence department that keeps its eye on the enemy and recognizes when Satan is at work. Nehemiah was not fooled by the enemy's offers for help, nor was he frightened by their threats. He could say with the Apostle Paul, we are not ignorant of Satan's devices, according to 2 Corinthians 2.11. And Nehemiah, seventhly, worked hard because it was hard work. Now, that may seem like a trite thing to say, but it isn't. For one of the secrets of Nehemiah's success was his willingness to sacrifice and work hard. Luke ten seven says, the laborer is worthy of his hire. So let's be sure we are laborers and not loiterers. There is no place in the Lord's service for lazy people who give advice while they watch other people do the work. Eighthly, he lived an exemplary life. Whether it was working on the wall or feeding hungry guests, Nehemiah's life was blameless. His full time was devoted to the work, and he didn't permit himself to be distracted. He refused financial support, even even though he was eligible for it, and instead spent his own money to help others. He he identified with the people. And he stood right with them as together they built the walls. There is no substitute for integrity and the good conscience that goes with it. Ninthly, he sought to glorify God alone. You know, Nehemiah was burdened because the city of Jerusalem no longer glorified God. He was concerned because. The people living in Jerusalem were an object of scorn to their Gentile neighbors because they didn't have the wall. And he determined to remove the reproach and give the Jews in Jerusalem cause to glorify God. So in the building of the walls and the repairing of the gates, God was glorified. In the way Nehemiah and his people confronted and defeated the enemy, God was glorified. In their dependence on the Lord... God was glorified. In the great service of dedication, the Lord was magnified. From beginning to end, the entire enterprise brought glory to the Lord. There is nothing good that God will not do for the worker who humbly serves him and lets God have the glory. Tenthly, notice Nehemiah was a man of courage. There is no place for timidity in leadership. As Harry Truman said, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Nehemiah had the courage to live in a dangerous city and confront a subtle enemy. He had the courage to deal with traitors among his own people and to call the people back to faithfulness to the Lord. He even threw Tobiah, who was one of those who opposed him, out of the temple. We need that same kind of courage today. Someone has said that success is never final and failure is never never fatal. It's courage that counts. Eleventh, he enlisted others to work. Now, this may seem almost like a duck kind of thing, but true leaders don't do everything themselves. They not only enlist others to help, but they also create a climate that enables others to become leaders as well. Real leaders aren't afraid to surround themselves with people who can do some things better than they can do. Leaders don't feel intimidated by the excellence of others. In fact, they encourage it. Their job is to challenge others to do their best and to help, help them to get the job done. Leaders develop other leaders because they, they know how to discern spiritual gifts and the potential in another person's life. And twelfth and finally, he was determined. And so what that says to us is we need to be determined. Nehemiah was determined because the work he was doing was a great work and he was serving a great God. The church today needs leaders, men, women, and young people who will determine under God to accomplish the will of God, come what may. More than anything else, I want to be able to say at the end of my ministry and, and the end of my life, as Jesus said in John 17:4, I have glorified you, Father, on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. So, the next time you feel like quitting, remember Nehemiah and stay on the job until the work is finished to the glory of God. Be determined. The next big work that we have to do as a body of believers because of what covid nineteen over the last eleven months has done is to come back together and so we're we're launching this uh, initiative um, to worship as one. And we're relaunching the initiative Who's Your One? And that will begin this Sunday February the 7th. Uh, It will begin in person, online, and with the added um, potential of um, outside worship. So we invite you to be a part of that this Sunday at 11 o'clock as we begin worship as one. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time to study your word together. We thank you for this time to hear about the, the, the faith and humility and courage and diligence and hard work of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was called to do a great work We pray that you would help us to understand that we too are called to a great work. Help us to do that work and help us to do it with the the spirit that Jesus would do it in, filled with the spirit that Jesus sent to us, and that we would accomplish the work in the same way that Jesus would accomplish it. Father, I thank you for the life of Nehemiah. I thank you for all the lessons we can learn from, and I pray that you would help us as we uh, as we go through looking at his life that you would uh, help us to learn more and more what it means to be a humble, selfless follower of Christ that is totally focused on what Christ wants and That you would help us to not only focus on that, but go and do it. In Jesus' name, amen. It's time to rebuild the walls. Will you join me in that effort? I look forward to seeing you on Sunday as we worship as one. God bless you. I'm not the one